Welcome, everyone. Welcome to oh, Review Yourself. I've got Lassa here. Welcome. Hey, very glad to be here. As you might have noticed, it's not an American or a Canadian. I've gone European, I've gone continental, and I know a lot of Americans say England's European. It is. We're not going to get into that. We don't do politics on this show. Everyone knows that. Um, and Lassa has kindly joined me to review Van Helsing. Now, this is going to be a good conversation because I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great. Yeah, uh, this was the first time for you watching this, right? Yeah, I, I don't know why. I think it's one of those films that, you know, we've all got those like films where we think, I must watch that at some point. I think I heard really bad things about it and then just never just thought, I'm not going to bother with it. Even though I love Stephen Summers, who directs this, I love the the as people know, the Mummy is one of my favorite films. I love the Mummy Returns. wasn't too hot on the third one, but it wasn't too bad. But he didn't yeah. direct that one, and I, I like his work. So I'm surprised I didn't. I've, I, it's taken me this long to watch it, but thanks for the recommendation. I and I, I know you have different views on it, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. I, I guess I share the popular opinion on this. Uh, and, and I remember seeing the posters everywhere as a kid. Yeah. And I was scared of them. <laughs> I think it's a really, I think it's a really poor poster. I think it's so unimaginative. Like compared to some of these other films like The Mummy, I think the the poster for this just looks so generic and video gamey in that kind of PS2 way, you know? It, it has that like ugly green filter. Yeah, which which really isn't uh, representative of a movie. No, not not at all, not at all. I mean, this is before Kate Beckinsale. I mean, she bounces out of this from Pearl Harbor. So does it get better? I'll argue it either way. Um, <laughs> so so um and yeah, but it's a very it's just a very disappointing poster. Um, you know, you've got like yeah, go on, you're alright. It shows all the monsters, and I was scared of the monsters as a kid. Uh, um, and, and the first time I actively got involved with a flick was an extremely negative review I read as a teen, and it made me see, seek out the movie. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, and then I watched it a couple of times, and I was kind of like, yeah, this isn't good technically, but it's 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 kind of fun, you know? Yeah. And you get what the movie is trying to do. The problem is, in my opinion, it it doesn't it doesn't really succeed, uh, at least not intentionally, because I think what this movie is trying to be, it, it it's not quite the same tone as the Mummy movies, which are very, like, self-aware, yeah. you know, charming comedy roms in a way. I, I'm not quite as fond of the second one, but I think the first one works. And this one goes for a different tone where it takes itself rather seriously, and the stuff they try to do that's supposed to be funny comes across like really desperate and and the only laughs i get out of it is you know the the stuff i'm not supposed to laugh at yeah well i laughed at the bit where she dies like that was just <laughs> i don't mean it in that way but like he the the like all this stuff she's been through i mean you watch the film and for anybody who hasn't seen it it's absolutely ridiculous in the best possible way and as you you say, Lassa, I think if they'd have if they'd have been a bit more self aware in what they were making, instead of trying to make it really really serious, because it's a little bit like someone told Hugh Jackman, right? Hugh Jackman, 
you're like Blade, but like a couple of <laughs> hundred years ago. That's kind of how he plays it. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. then the, the whole film's ridiculous. I mean, Kate Beckinsale's character, I can't, I don't know how to pronounce it. She she falls like God knows how many foot through the air or meters for any, you know, she falls onto buildings through ceilings and then a werewolf lands on her and she's just laid there perfectly in this little couch, just dead. And you're like, what? What? Like, she gets, I, <laughs> you know what I mean? She gets killed by a couch. It was, she does. It was stupid. It was so ridiculous. And she's there just her eyes are open. And then, you know, yeah, they tried to go for kind of comic relief. With uh, you know, the kind of oh, what he's not—he's not a monk; he's a friar or something, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and I mean, he was—he was okay. I mean, there's a few faces pop up um, from some of uh, Stephen Summers' previous films. You have Alan Armstrong, who plays a guy from the Vatican. Uh, yeah. He obviously is in the Mummy Returns. You have the the Undertaker, the one that gets like killed and knocked into that hall, and his hat spins around on the. That was quite funny. I did laugh at that. Yeah, he, he's in the second Mummy movie. Yeah. Yes, he plays uh, the, the the like the youngest brother, the one that's like this is cursed, the one that takes the mick out of him. Yeah, he one plays, one of those raiders, and you have yeah. of course uh, Kevin J O'Connor is uh, Igor. Yeah. Igor, the bells, the bells, yeah. See, I really liked, like, thought the beginning was great. I loved the way they bring the monsters in. Like, I genuinely loved it. Like, I can pick bits out of it. Like, I know it goes for us. It's not the same as The Mummy, but it goes for the same kind of adventure. The The music's very, very similar, but it's done by Alan Silvestri, who did The Mummy Returns. Yeah. So it, it sounds similar. It's shot in a similar way. There's a lot of CGI in it. Like, this is where it will, some people could lose it because some of the CGI is not particularly good. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's putting, I'm being really kind to this. Like, there's some people who will watch this and just be like, this is just awful. But I really enjoyed it. You're extremely kind, yeah. Yeah, I really do like the opening. Like, it's deliberately old-fashioned and over the top. The rest of the movie isn't. It's yeah. it's a really nice throwback, and the effects actually do look better in black and white, even though the flying yeah. vampires and the clouds look horrible. But also, right from the start, what you notice is the music is freaking incredible. Yeah. I love that little tune, because for anyone who doesn't know, it's the beginnings 1887. We meet uh, Dr. Frankenstein, who is working with Count Dracula. It's as fantastic as, as, as it sounds. Uh, it's in black and white. I love the actor that plays um, oh, Dr. Frankenstein. He's been in a few things in England. Uh, I, I really enjoy that guy. So when I saw it with him, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this this could be pretty good. Oh, okay, because um, I don't remember the actor's name, but... Uh, Samuel something. I'll, I'll think Samuel, about Samuel West, I guess? Yes. Yeah, because uh, watching him and his mannerisms and his voice and how his hair looks, I was kind of like, oh... Discount Colin Firth. Um, that's a very interesting. I wouldn't have gone that way, but maybe if that's the way it looks, yeah, okay, a little uh, bit, a, li- a little bit, yeah, a little bit. But uh, he's yeah, he's not been in a lot, to be fair. Um, like Samuel West in terms of films, I was surprised to see him. I like the interplay with um, him and Dracula. I really enjoyed uh, Richard Roxburgh as Count Dracula. I thought he was brilliant. I just, I love some of the lines he's got. Like, I wish they'd have lent into that more. Like, where, you know, uh, Victor Frankenstein says to him, I I would rather die than help you with this. He's like, oh, don't be so boring. 
everybody who says that dies. And I was like, this is what I want. There's like, there's a few lines later on where I'm like, yeah, this is what I want from my Dracula. And th- yeah. This is exactly what I want. And I like the fact that, because in a lot of Dracula films, you have like Dracula's brides and they're just there looking pretty, but like behind him. And that's about it. In this, they're actually like, yeah, go for it. And like, go and kind of kill people and attack people. And I mean, yeah, the, the yeah, the effects for quite a bit of it are just ridiculous. But I liked, I loved the story with Frankenstein's monster. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I just, I, I really enjoyed it. I can't, I can't help it. It was just silly and stupid, but in a way that I can accept and I don't understand. I can't really explain. I mean, that's totally fine, you know. You can tell how a movie makes you feel. But it's really a shame. After Young Frankenstein, how can you really take the more classic-looking monster even remotely seriously anymore? Yeah, oh, yeah, especially the bit at the beginning where it was like, it's alive, it's alive. I was thinking, oh, no. It it doesn't help that Shula Hensley sounds similar to Peter Boyle in that movie. Yeah, yeah, it was... (laughs) Oh, don't every time, like, especially when it's meant to be like, like, because it's meant to be quite emotional, isn't it? Like, like on the bridge, like, you're supposed to die. Like, I want to live. And you're like, oh, like, all right, then. fine. All right. A, a all human right, then. being wrote this. I want to see a version where at the end, when it's, when it just goes ridiculously over the top and you have Frankenstein's monster swinging on cables, I want to, I, I want there to be an edit where you see him swinging past the camera and yelling, Put it! Yeah, and then you get, what's his face? You get Hugh Jackman, who all of a sudden becomes Tarzan. That bit where he changes <laughs> back from the werewolf and drops down from the ceiling. I'm like, okay. Like, watch, like, Lassa, watch with all the, watch with all the swinging. Like, yes. What's with all the ro- Wait, wh- where are those? How many thousand feet in the air are those ropes tied? Because people swing like ridiculous, like uh, horses jump a massive canyon. It's uh, where did they get those horses from? I know, like, like if, especially like, sixteen with, horses. Like they wouldn't be hard to find. <laughs> yeah, especially the finale reminds me of Batman and Robin, where you can see that the filmmakers are running love, out of I ideas. I love that film as well. I love that film as well. I've, I've got but, a really, but. It, that's where it becomes stale scenario-wise, because both Stephen Summers and the late Joel Schumacher really yeah. seem to have a thing for extensive wire work and people falling. Yeah. And the swinging on cables is getting really old here. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, yeah. It's like, can you do something else? Like, I've seen this. Like, that's what I mean. And that's, so that's why when uh, Anna Valerius dies at the end, you're like, really? That's what's killed you? Yeah. Like, nothing else? It's, it's 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 kind of like that. Um, I don't know what would be another movie where, like like someone who does the most outlandish stuff and then just dies because of a paper cut or something. I don't know. I mean, I've never seen it, but I have heard from my friend who loves Star Wars that the way that Luke Skywalker dies is pathetic. Doesn't he just fade away? Because didn't they tell him he wasn't going to die, and then in post production they just made him fade away? I've heard that's quite oh. pathetic. I think yeah, but uh, yeah, that, that happens in the eighth movie. But it's actually mm. no, it's I don't know. It 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 feels it deserved in that way. I I it, I didn't mind that because he he does he does something that really takes a lot of power out of him, uh. and and something that helps people. And so it's like okay, yeah, this 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 works um, because you know it's it's force related, blah blah blah. But yeah, this is this is quite ridiculous. Also, what I noticed about Kate Beckinsale is she always carries around a sword. 
and she never uses it against an opponent. She always just uselessly swinging, she's swinging it around aimlessly. And the only thing where she actually, the only time where she actually uses the sword is she cuts a rope. Even though <laughs> she she could just um, stab those like little dwarf people down or whatever. Yeah, what were those people? Like that was They're- the one thing in this I I just didn't get. Like who? Like are they like? Because there's that bit where Van Helsing rips the the mask off one of them, and they've got like fish teeth or something. Not I know fish. That's so stupid. Not fish teeth. I yeah, mean but- like. Like piranha just, teeth. Yeah, piranha of. teeth. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. They look they look like, uh, speaking of Star Wars, they look like mutant Did I just Ewoks. say fish don't have teeth? That's the most stupid thing I've ever seen in my life. Anyway, go on. Sorry. They, they, they look like mutant Ewoks. <laughs> yes, I was thinking that. And I don't even, I'm not even a Star Wars person. I was thinking someone's, you know, someone needs to sort this out. I did like the way that the werewolves transformed the fact that they were like ripping yes. skin off and stuff. I mean, that, yes, that's quite unique. And apparently Stephen Summers deliberately chose that transformation because he wanted it to be the beast from within rather than a mutation. Like we've seen in an awful lot of other films. Yeah. That's really cool. It, it doesn't really hold up effects wise, but it's a really cool concept and you can see, Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's nasty. Like it's kind of pushing the, the rating there, but it's, it's, it's really well done. I think like it, it's certainly one of the more like, interesting looking werewolf transformations I've seen. And I've seen quite a few, like with the gold standard, it's still yeah. uh, American Wolf in London, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And if here, because this is, this is a problem um, with, with Summers when he, because in, in, in the first mummy movie, you know, it's from 99 and they are kind of like, even, even for the time, the effects there kind of looked dated, but it kind of fits the overall tone. Mm-hmm. And and they're using it creatively, and they are having fun with it, and blah blah blah. It kind of you know it kind of blends well. And here, this is after the Lord of the Rings trilogy, you know, and you you could tell that when a, a director just has no self control, and it's kind yeah. of like let's go all out, and they don't realize this is gonna look dated as hell yeah. in a few in a, years. Yeah. Do you know what it reminded me of? You, you you're completely right. It reminded me of a li- like when a director's given too much. It's like I think what happened is Stephen Summers did The Mummy and The Mummy Returns, and they were very successful, whatever you think of them. They brought a lot of money in, and I think he probably went to them with this idea and went, look, I can make. And they've probably yes. gone, yeah, okay, you proved yourself. And then they've kind of let him run away with it. And I like The Mummy and The Mummy Returns. We know about the CGI and The Mummy Returns, but we know why it was as bad as it was at certain parts. But overall, those two films had good CGI, but they were blended in really well, especially the first film, like with the battle they have on Hamanaptra. And it looks brilliant because it's real life. The boat burns in this. They kind of, at a certain point, they're like, eh, just go for CGI. Let's have them crawling up a wall. And let's have the, it. it and because... Once there's that much CGI, at a certain point, you're just like, right, I'm getting a bit bored now. A little bit like, um, it's nowhere near as bad. I mean, it's uh, Batman versus Superman, where th- those two and Wonder Woman were fighting that beast thing, whatever it was supposed to be. Yeah, but and they were just, Yeah, they were just getting thrown. Like, one would get thrown away and it'd stop. Another one would get thrown and it was like, oh, I'm getting bored now. Like, this is just, can you do something else? Yeah. So I, I get what you mean by that. It's the same On effect a pa- here. Here's an interesting fact. So Dracula's diminutive henchmen, the Dwerger, are actually dwarfs from Germanic folklore, apparently. I read that, yeah, yeah. But I, 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 don't, I don't quite... I don't know, I've never heard of those before. 
<laughs> you I'll, bring, think, I'll um, bring you on for one thing. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would, you would think. And I, I read that fact too, and I was like, okay, no, I've, I've never heard of that word before. I don't know. Like, I don't like, I, I'm sure like most Americans don't know all the American folklore yeah. or whatever. So, um, you know, something just slipped my radar. The thing is, you said about Stephen Summers, where it's like, okay, Mummy, Mummy Returns. There's actually a really interesting development. In the first Mummy movie, um, he co-wrote that with two other people. The second Mummy movie, he wrote alone. This one, he also wrote alone, and he was one of the producers. I think that kind of explains a bunch yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, it happens even to the best directors. I mean, I, I, you can look at Tenet. I love Christopher Nolan, but someone needs to rein him in on that film. Yes. And say, and say Chris, like, this looks really nice, and it's a bit of a weird idea, and it's it's nothing less than we expect, and you're going for the spectacular, and it's unlike anything else, but we do actually need a story. We need people to actually care about. We need Which to is, understand what's happening. Yeah, exactly. And I, I said when I came out of the cinema watch Inception that it was like, uh, sorry, uh, Tenet. I yeah. said it's like Inception, which is one of my favorite films of the last 15 years. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, It's like Inception without the heart and the story. And when you find out that Leonardo DiCaprio worked with Christopher Nolan for over a year, figuring out, Cobb's backstory and all the bits with his wife. I'm not saying Leonardo DiCaprio came up with it, but he put a lot of the heart into it. And I think you needed that with Tenet. You needed somebody to say, look, this needs to have something for the audience to actually care about. Because that was such a disappointment, that film. But but I, I digress. <laughs> I, yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, so, uh, yeah, Richard Roxburgh in this... Um... The funny thing, just a year before this, he was the villain in The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen with Sean Connery. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is actually a really good companion piece to this, since it's also it also features dodgy effects and the character of Mr. Hyde, whose design also resembles the one in this. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen that film for years. I mean, but mind you, when your film kind of ends Sean Connery's acting career or makes him decide to retire, it's like... Wow, that was... And when you find out he gave up Lord of the Rings, didn't he? He turned down Lord of the Rings, I think. Yeah, because he didn't understand it. They also wanted him as Morpheus in The Matrix. Ah, that would have been interesting. Yeah, that was was also back when I think they were, like, they wanted also Will Smith. Yeah. And I think, you know, Mm -hmm. him teaming up with Will Smith for that movie, no, it would have been a a different experience, but certainly an interesting one. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, speaking of, now that we're Scottish actors, um, the voice of Dr. Jekyll... Yes. Um, he is by the late Robbie Coltrane, who people yeah. will know as Hagrid in the Harry Potter films. But for me, he'll always be uh, Zelinsky from the James Bond films. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he is, he's in two of those, right? Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, I think it's, if I remember rightly, it, he's in Goldeneye, and then he came back in... Uh, what is not enough? Well, it's not enough, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's like, uh, yeah, Goldeneye's like... My, oh, I, I was going to try and do the accent there, but it's like, my knee hurts every day. And he's like, yeah, I love that. Yeah. He's yeah, great yeah, he's, in that. Yeah, he's it's like Russian of... or something like that, isn't he? Is he Russian or something like that, I think? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he, yeah. he's the voice of uh, Mr. Hyde in this. It kind of kind of unrecognizable. Like, yeah. Like, don't, you, you don't quite get it. Like, like when you are familiar with Robbie Coltrane's voice, it's kind of... No, it's 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 a little bit... You know, he does a, he does a good job for the brief scene he's in, but... Um, it's it's kind of hidden, kind of nice. Yeah. Speaking of voices, um, and, and that's and that's one of the many laughs, one of the, like the, the many unwanted laughs I get out of this movie. <laughs> um, 
and maybe you know what I'm what I'm gonna talking about. Probably. What I'm gonna talk about. Uh, one of the biggest problems in this movie, the accents. Oh god! Yeah, they, they drive me bloody insane. <laughs> well, most of the cast are Australian. The guy who plays Dracula, uh, he's Australian. Yeah, Hugh Jackman, Australian. Yeah, uh, and it's like, what? Why? Yeah, but I mean, Hugh Jackman is the only person who talks normally, I think. Like, he I just so. uses his own voice. Yeah, you can hear a bit of Ozzy in there, definitely. I don't think a he's going bit. full out his own voice, but pretty much. But and I see. The, I'm used to. I mean, maybe. People. Sorry, go on. Yeah, it's just, like, like all the other people in this, it, it's it's just. Ev, ev, every, everyone sounds stupid. Everyone like uh, Alan Armstrong, like, and he's he's one of those actors when 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 he's like, uh, we want you for this role. Oh, can I do a, a weird comical accent? Oh, of course you can. Uh, I, I see. He's he does. I mean, he's from the same part of the England that I'm from, kind of. Um, and he 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 always does like funny little accents, doesn't he? But I I think that was part of it. I think that was part of the part of the shtick. I think that was part of the sell that like we know we're being ridiculous. Because, I mean, oh, I'd love to get your perspective on this, Lassa. Sorry I interrupted mm-hmm. you. I'm, I'm a, I, I gobble away. I talk a lot. No but it's like when films make that decision. So for me, it's like, what what do you want people to do? And I watch a lot of, I love my history. I watch a lot of war films. And it's like the decision to make when they do, you know, World War II, like, like Second World War films or World War One films or, you know, Cold War films. It's like, what do you want? Do you want the actors to be English, but then put a weird Russian accent on top of it? Uh, which sounds really like a bit like K nineteen the Widowmaker, where you have Harrison Ford speaking English with a bit of a strange Russian accent, or well Soviet Russian accent on top of it. Liam Neeson, who's opposite him as his second in command, is just essentially doing his own voice. So uh, where you get you get you know the Hunt for Red October, you get it starts in Russian and then it changes, and the captain who's Sean Connery then changes to Scottish. Like where are you going with this? And it's like you get with like some. Um, I'd prefer to watch them uh, like like foreign language if I have to, but it's like where you have those strange decisions where it's like, right, we're going to have you speaking. Uh, oh, mind you, you get Kevin Costner as Robin Hood, an English <laughs> folk hero with an American accent going, this is English courage. You're like, oh my God, like, no, <laughs> no, Kevin, no. Um, yeah, I mean, but they always do it. But I, I, if they're going to have it, I don't know. I think they should, sometimes I think they should just stick with it, but. I don't know. I like a good pony accent. It doesn't bother me really. <laughs> it's it's you know it it depends here. It, it just ev- everyone sounds so comical, especially Dracula. He has like two modes. He 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 is he is either this like a, I feel hollow, and then at other moments it's just like I am Dracula and I'm gonna kill you. I, just, I thought it was great, mate. I just, I loved it. I can't help it. I just thought he was ridiculous. Um, <laughs> it is. And also, he kind of, he kind of uh, carries himself as, as like this <gasps> weird aged rock star. And him and Igor, they reminded me of Frankenfurter and Riffraff from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> Do you know, I still haven't seen that film. It's on my, it's on my list. It's on my list because I, when, I when, took a lot of stick for that. When you see it, I think you will get it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's I love that. And then he has these really these scenes where you're like, okay, well, that's a really good scene. Like the scene where he talks about hearing a man's heartbeat. Yes. And he's like, he's like, and he just does he does the clapping. And he's like, oh my, I, oh, I see if I try and do it, I'll sound like I've taken the mick out of your accent. But he he's a little bit like he's like, sometimes I could almost dance to it. And you're like, all right, okay, like 
all right but that yeah. but that's really good like that was like quite chilling that's, and what, then, that's one of the few moments where he's quite menacing yeah yeah other times he's just like oh like i don't know he's just he's just funny and i, I, I thought it was just silly i just really silly knows what it is but but maybe it didn't know what it was so much. I don't know. But that's the that's the thing. I don't think this movie knows what it is because mm. it doesn't have that right tone. I think I think it's 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 um, I, I think it goes for this this kind of like a similar tone as like the the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, where it's kind of like you know they take they take the plot seriously, but it's still this kind of like fun adventure romp with like really funny and witty characters. The problem is the characters are neither funny nor witty. It it, it all it's all kind of like so dour in a way. And um, You found the f- you found the film dour, did you? It in a in a way in, in, in terms of like um like every everybody has like and then of course like in more lighthearted movies you also have the problems of like oh my father is dead, my brother is dead, I don't remember my past, blah blah blah. But you still have <laughs> It's just brushed aside the minute some vampires turn up. It's just <laughs> isn't it, you know? It's like some bats turn up, so then he's like shooting and that woman yes. falls into his like sidekick's arms and he she's like, Is there anything I can do to help to to thank you? And the guy's like an apologies for the accent. I don't know what the hell it's meant to be, but neither do they in the film. And he's like she's like he whispers in her ear and she's like you you can't do that. You're you're like a vicar or whatever. And she he's like, actually, I'm a friar. And it's like, oh. And she has that little gun in her eye. And you're like, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, like, but like the but, bit where he falls over the sofa on her because yeah, the, the tapestry starts fighting. Like, well, that doesn't go anywhere. I, I don't know. It's all a bit. It's it's so like actually <laughs> because yeah, he he saves that like village woman from from one of the vampire babies, and then he he whispers vampire something. Vampire babies. Sorry, yeah, yeah, and, and then he whispers something in her ear, and I I imagined. What he whispers, basically, he whispers into her ear, "Would you fuck me, please?" <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I was gonna. I was, you see, I had to go on with a really subtle joke there, like, "Will you help me clean my chambers?" But you just went for it, didn't you? <laughs> Maybe, he probably did as well. Yeah, he probably did. If it's if that line's not going to work after you've saved the life, I don't think it's going to work any other time, is it? Yeah, I mean, let's like, just like you know, what do you have to lose, right? But the tone of the film, though, I thought she was going to slap him. I thought she, I thought he was going to say it, and I thought she was going to slap him across the face. Like that, that would have been, been kind of funny. In, yeah, in keeping with the film. But yeah, yeah, but you know, it's it's kind of nice that he, you know, gets gets some leverage out of um, yeah this, this it's, situation. It's very, uh, it's very. Well, I don't know about leverage. I mean, she, yeah, I mean, it's very. Um, it's very globe trying at the beginning, isn't it? Like the, you know, they're they're like they're in Transylvania, then they're in. Uh, Paris with the I like the um, the shot of the Eiffel Tower partly built. I thought that was nice yeah. to show like how long ago it was. It's eighteen eighty eight by this point. That's definitely really nice. That's also a, a digital like like a street he's standing in like with the stairs. That's real, but for the backdrop like they shot it. Oh in yeah, Prague, yeah. I think. Oh, and, yeah, uh, yeah, and that's, that's, beautiful that's, that's, uh, and yeah, that's, that's, I like I like it when movies do that kind of stuff. You know, kind of, kind of trying, even though like it's a fantasy flick, yeah. kind of, you know, putting you in a, in a, in a time frame where you can kind of imagine, ah, yeah. Because I thought that's what the film was going to be. I thought when I started watching it, I thought it was going to be almost like Van Helsing hunting down, almost. I know it's Paris, but like Jack the Ripper types. So like the yeah. police think that it's a murderer, but he's like actually it's a I don't know a fish thing or a something. You know, I thought it might go that way. And it kind of keeps that up a little bit, but then it just, you know, he's, it, that's what I mean. They've got really good ideas in here. Like 
you know, you lost part of your memory as a penance for your sins. I think Alan Armstrong's character says to him, and then you get the whole part about, especially at the beginning, it's a lot darker at the beginning. Like, you know, with the whole, I've heard you, murderer, because obviously the public or, or the authorities, all they see is like a, a dead person with an arm chopped off, whereas like five minutes before it was, you know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So it's... yeah. That's a night you think, oh, this could be quite interesting. Then it just doesn't really go anywhere, does it? That's the thing. Like, they had franchise plans for this. And and I think if they... You can tell that by the ending. Definitely. Yeah, and and, and I think if they had it their way, it would have been more like of a globetrotting adventure where it's kind of like, you know, he's he's in in a different country every time. And I'm I'm gonna, uh, at the end... Oh, no, maybe we're gonna say it right now. Because... If Universal were to revisit this concept, I think with a different creative force at the helm, this could work. Well, they and almost they can't... did. Yeah. Tom Cruise. <laughs> right, right. Christ didn't, oh my God. Yeah, it, I mean, they, they, they tried that Monster Dark Universe thing a few years ago and failed, but with good people behind it, why not? Have Van Helsing and friends be the heroes and they better different monsters, and Dracula could be like the main villain. And you could have like I don't know like several world wars as the backdrop, and uh, and and all of that stuff. You know, like directors like Sam Raimi or even Matthew Vaughn could work wonders with this. Yeah, yeah, I'll 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 go with that. I think it's and again like it's I can see why. I mean, even for me, it feels a bit of a missed opportunity. Like it could have been a lot better than it is. There's like that part of the beginning again, Dracula with his lines where a Frankenstein. I think it says like a. Oh no, no, it's not. Is it the brother? If someone says something like, um, "He's like, I'll kill myself." He's like, "Oh, go ahead. I don't need to know anyway." And I'm like, "This is what I like. This is what I like." Um, and then there's some clever, like, especially when Kate Beckinsale, when she stabs, like, I don't know if it's the second vampire Brad to kill, and she's like, "When you want to kill somebody, just do it. Don't stand around talking." And I was like, "That, that is like such a film trope." You know. Yeah, but but you know, I, I don't think this movie deserved taking the trope apart. Oh, really? Oh, I, I don't think so. Like, like this this is not the movie who can lecture us about those kind of tropes because they follow so many other tired tropes. Yeah, and there's a lot left unsaid, like the whole Gabriel thing about. Well, at the kind of giving explanation, don't know, but it's very throwaway. About... It's, it's so last minute too. Yeah, it's it's, it's like this. Yeah, sorry, go on. The the ending is just you know uh, whenever it, it whenever like like the the battle between like giant bat and and werewolf man is it, not like uh, turning the film into just like CGI splooge on screen. It's 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 just you know Dracula monologuing endlessly. Like, did you know it was you who murdered me? And maybe I can get my ring back. Oh yeah, I'd love to watch the film back and see if he's got that finger at any other point. Because I, 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 I miss that opportunity every single yeah, time. Yeah, like yeah. every time I think, oh no, I'm gonna look out for it, and I'd always forget. Here's a question for you, though, right? How, what I, well, not not probably not for you, probably the filmmakers. Dracula, which I really like that scene. He gets shoved into a fireplace by a werewolf. Yeah, like he burns, he walks, out, and they definitely use some of the visual effects from the mummy. You can see it throughout the film. Oh no, he, he gets, walks he gets out of the fire in by Frankenstein's monster. Oh, that's it. Sorry, yeah. And he walks, but he walks out, and he's like burned, and his skin reassembles. So if he could do that, why can't he regrow his finger? I'm just, I'm just pointing out there. I think he can't Co- regrow regrow it because, like, it was like a special person who chopped it off. Oh, oh was it before he died? The f- oh, well, it might have been because before he died the first time. Who knows? Like, like, 
properly. I don't know. Yeah, but maybe yeah, because I... it like some some kind of like a special thing. Well, uh, which brings me to another point. Can you name all of uh, Van Helsing's gadgets? Because they're kind of wasted. Oh, that what happens to his arrow? <laughs> is is crossbow? Sorry, what happens to that? Like it's, I love that scene. Like I really laughed. Like, again, I don't know if you did it. The unintentional humor in the film, like when he's firing the like the arrows everywhere, and I think he kills one of them. And then all the people start popping up from behind, like little barrels and like behind walls where they've hidden. And there's just arrows in everything, just everywhere. Yes. And I thought, okay, that's quite good because most films would just ignore that, and it really made me laugh. Um, and I also thought, especially when. <laughs> That that bit when the brides are carrying Kate Beckinsale away for the fifth time that in the film, <laughs> um, and he's like firing arrows everywhere. I'm like, she'd be dead. Like, she yes. would. She would have caught at least fifteen, twenty of those. Yeah, like but, you'd get her back, but she'd be like a pin cushion. Like that, that's the thing because like, that um, that automatic crossbow is pretty neat. Too bad Van Helsing is a shit shot. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's not great, is he? And then no. he's like, "Why won't they die? Aim for the heart." I'm like, "You can't even hit the body. What do you mean yeah, aim for the heart? Thing, like, aim for the heart." And also, like, you could have, you 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 could have said earlier, you know, use freaking holy water. It's it's just they they always like they. It's they not holy make... water. It's just it's just a little well outside the church. But it's I not guess, holy water. Needs I guess to be blessed. Comes, I guess it's blessed because it's technically on the church's ground. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I guess. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I, it was just, it was just crazy, wasn't it? It was just always oh, like, what, 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 what's the point? They delay, they delay solutions in order to drag out the action fluff. Yeah, yeah, they do. And, and at a certain point, I can't remember which point it was, but I was like, this doesn't make any sense anymore. But I, I'm in it now. <laughs> yeah, like, it, no, it's it, too late. Yeah, yeah. Like. <laughs> You know, I know we go back to the Mummy films, but the the summer's most fam- you know famous films about me, apart from probably this one. And you're watching it, and they all make sense, even when it's silly. You know what they're going for, hmm. and you know where they're going. But this is like a bit like well, because there's a bit where Van Helsing's like, if we get them back to Rome, they'll be safe. And I'm like, well, how the hell are you going to do that? Like, <laughs> what's going on here? And and then that that's another bit that. Does this get totally ignored in the film? Because I think it does. They don't show you them. But they go through a porthole to get to Dracula's castle. Like this different world because he hasn't been found. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they're, they're like back on this hilltop giving her like a Viking funeral. I you know, you have like, that... you have yeah, Frankenstein's monster just paddling away, looks back sadly. And I'm like, is this meant to be funny? Because it's quite, f-. and then you see her in the sky with her family. And I'm like, <laughs> it's like, the, it's it's like you're, 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 ex, uh, you're expecting Mufasa turning up. Remember. I was thinking about the beginning of Teletubbies with that little baby in the sun. I don't know if you got the Teletubbies in. <laughs> You know, that's kind of what, especially with the sun at the back. Or like you said, I was expecting. Remember Val Helsing, you are my son. I don't know, maybe I don't know. Who knows? You see her just... tear. It's it's so cheesy. Yeah, yeah. What, was it a tear? I thought <laughs> it's so. Yeah, it also like it, it comes full circle because just randomly when we are uh, approaching the Frankenstein castle, she's kind of like, I've never been to the sea. I think it's beautiful. Oh, and, is that uh, the, oh, then, yeah. then at the end, you know, he um burns her in front of the sea. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. I don't know. Um 
I don't know what kind of accent I did. Like poor Gateback and Sale. Like he has such she has such a great and fitting look for a cool action heroine in this movie. Well, but her accent yeah. is absolutely exhausting and forced. Well she's English, isn't she? So and quite posh English. She doesn't sound like me, Lassa. Like she doesn't <laughs> sound, you know, she doesn't. She's you know, her her dad, um, the late Richard Beckinsale, he was in porridge with Rich, uh, 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 Ronnie Barker. If you've ever seen that, um, hmm. so, and he he so that, so she's English, but she's done a lot of American things and yeah, yeah, she, quite but, a lot. She, she seems to. I mean, I, I like Pearl Harbor personally, but, and I quite like this. But she, I don't know who her agent is. I don't know if it's Nicholas Cage's, but she she <laughs> picks some very strange. <laughs> Very strange roles. You know, like you look at, she was in the Underworld series. I think the first one she was filming the year before this came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was also before us. Um, and then, I don't know. I mean, she, she, I don't know. She's decent. She just, the films are never quite as good as she is. A little bit like Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. Like he's doing a good job, but the films around him are just horrendous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's often the problem. Also, um, I don't know if you noticed this, but her blouse is very unfortunate. Because she she's wearing like underneath her like uh, tight corset or whatever she she's wearing this white blouse with red pattern right right on her I chest. Thought were, I thought there were roses because I kept thinking she'd been shot. And I was yeah, like, oh, no, it's just the a pattern. That's the thing, yeah. It's, it's yeah. this red pattern on her chest and those weird red cordals hanging from them. It often looks like she's bleeding from her boobs. Oh god! Well. I'd... Oh God, Lasso, I don't. Can I put this out? Is this? Out? I'm going to get complaints. Um, just a disclaimer for the Americans listening: over this side of the Atlantic, we're a bit blunter. The Germans clearly are. No, I'm joking. But then, <laughs> <laughs> say it as it is. To be fair, though, I mean, yeah, I kept because it draws your eyes to there. Because I kept thinking, has she been shot or is she hurt? But yeah, no, I'm just I'm. Sh- I thought there were roses, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Yeah, maybe like maybe it's some sort of flower pattern, but it's very it it's very unfortunately placed. Where, where it's kind of like where it kind of looks like is she is she bleeding from there? Something hanging. Oh no, from it's there? like a it does look a bit rosy, but it's like um she's got like two she's got this black corset on, and then mm. it comes out of her sleeves. She's got like a little black leather jacket on over the corset. Yeah, and then she's got it's like a white blouse shirt, a little bit Jack Sparrow esque. Mm-hmm. With like crisscrossed patterns, and it's got like almost what looks like a sharp petaled rose around. But it, yeah, like you said, it does a lot of the time when they pant her, it looks like she's bleeding and she's got little tassels hanging down. Which, before anyone, no, don't be rude, don't be rude. They're not hanging from there, they're hanging from like the top of her shirt. So, yeah. like, there's tassels hanging down. So, yeah, it's a, it's a very, it's a striking look. I don't quite get what the tassels are for. Yeah, and also like... Um, oh, no, she... Are the tassels for her jacket? I don't know. They look like they're attached to the... She, she really should also bind her hair back, you know? Like, it's it's very grabbable. <laughs> she, she, has, she has great hair in this, but it's it's not very practical in fights. And she's constantly hanging from stuff and all of that. It's just so... Yeah... Um, yeah, and what, sorry, you, you get Dracula being really creepy when he's he's got her in a kind of trance. We find yeah. out afterwards at that ball, and he's like running his hands on you and like, oh, this is okay. Calm down, Dracula. You're like you're in the middle of a ballroom. Yeah, he's, he's looking down. I'm guessing he's bride, looking he? for another bride. But the thing is, the, the weird thing about that ball sequence is that, and not like that, people. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I didn't but, even think about that till you said it. Sorry, go on. The, 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 the thing about the masquerade ball sequence. So apparently all of those attendants are also vampires. And, and so it's kind of like, it kind of makes Dracula and his brides less special. And also, if, if you know, he, if he's running on Why a bride... Why have they been the rest of the film? Yeah, wh- why doesn't he take one of those? Like, and also, did you notice in that, because they do like that mirror trick from um, that Roman Polanski vampire comedy, what's it called? Isn't it just called like, I don't know, like vampires or something? Oh, not, not, in, not interview with the vampire, is it? No, not that one. No, not interview with the vampire. It's, it's like it's like this comedy by Roman no. Polanski. He's you, also uh, in it. I don't think I've seen that one. I've seen. Um, I was thinking of uh, Mel Brooks's Dracula Dead and Loving It. That, that was. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, but, but yeah, but yeah, it's not that one. But they do. But they also do a thing there where they are in like uh, like the, the vampire hunters. They are like in this um, masquerade ball scenario, and then there are mirrors on the wall, and they are the only one being reflected in it, and that's how the vampires figure out, oh, they don't belong here. And and they, they do the same thing in here, where it's like you see her in the mirror and there's no reflection of the others. But I also noticed... The, in the, fearless, mirror, the fearless Vampire Killers, that one? Yes, that's the one. Ah, okay. Thank you. Yes, right. not not just vampires. Yeah, fearless Vampire Killers, exactly. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a fun film. Like, if, yeah. if you can stomach, you know, Roman Polanski, then you, you can well, check it out. Yeah. They, they turned it into a really good musical. Um, very successful here in Germany. But um, I noticed when you look into the mirror, not only do the vampire dis- vampires disappear, but also the furniture. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they were made by a vampire and a carpenter. <laughs> it's vampire furniture. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe only the only furniture in a. V- well, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's something to do with the wood. I don't know. Who knows. <laughs> Like I, if I can say something nice about this movie, I think the the, the cinematography is looks good. Like the, sometimes it looks too gray, but when there is like fire involved as a light source, the colors kind of pop in a nice way. The cinematographer is Alan Davio, who shot E.T. among other things. He's still, I think he's still working. He's done quite a few things. Also, I love that. Speaking of costumes, underneath his cool leather coat, Van Helsing just wears a turtleneck. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I, 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 yeah. I've never got turtlenecks. Never, never, yeah. never got the. Never I got guess it. they wanted to make him look like I don't know, like uh, Michael Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne. <laughs> oh God, yeah, he had a thing for turtlenecks, didn't he? I think in all of the like earlier Batman movies, he had those. I think like I think also George Clooney had one and Kilmer Kilmer as George well. Clooney, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, yeah. he just rocked the turtleneck, and then, like, when Batman Begins came along, we just didn't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. Nolan was like, no turtlenecks. <laughs> no turtlenecks. Not happening. That's my, yeah. that's my request. <laughs> said, okay, no turtlenecks, but he's gonna do a stupid voice. <laughs> oh, that gets progressively worse with each film. Yes, I noticed that. In the third one, he just sounds like, oh, I don't, like, like Donald Duck one. having a cold. She's like, where's the trigger? I'd be, like, I'd be like, sorry, can you just slow down, take a breath, have a strepsil? What's it's the like, matter with you? It's almost like they did that deliberately. It sounds so stupid in the third one. It it, it kind of it, it it it's kind of like I don't know, like Christopher Nolan sticking his middle finger out. Oh, you thought those were stupid? <laughs> Let's see how more ridiculous we can make it. Maybe it's... it was so... maybe Bill. Maybe Bill. I mean, yeah, I think I think. Personally, when Christopher Christian Bale, you know, he, he had that really. Maybe he was just really angry all the way through it. Maybe there's people walking <laughs> through the shot, 
Uh, I don't know. I, I just maybe I don't know. Who knows? You might have just had a bit of a sore throat. I don't know. It was just a bit of a weird one, wasn't it? But then you've got Bane as well, who's like, it's like, like it's like oh, a better... Doctor Pavel. You're like, what's what is this film like? It's really it's a like good film, but it's, it's like it's a, it's a battle of stupid voices. Yeah, where you have on, on, on one voice. On, on the one side, it's like, <laughs> and on the other one, you have like. That's not bad. Well, there's that bit where he's just like his voice just goes up and down and becomes quite sing-songy. Like that bit where he's like, perhaps he was wondering why someone would shoot a man. It's all throwing him out of the plane, and you're like, okay. I'm regressing back to you, the people. Thank you, good doctor. Snaps his head. Yeah. Other bit what, like yeah, best is best line. Yeah, I was just about to say that's <laughs> the best, the best Bane line in it, and that was that was an ad lib, wasn't it? So, and yet supposedly, but it, but it's kind of like how do you know this if you weren't there and he's wearing a mask? Like you could just put put whatever in there. I don't know. It, it's it's kind of weird. But um, <laughs> back to Van Helsing. Um, I. That when they get to uh, Transylvania, you know, that th- village is a nice looking set. They make good use of it too. And I, when the vampire brides attack, I kind of get a kick out of watching the villagers in the background at a point where all of them should be hidden already. They are just aimlessly running around in circles. Yeah, I don't get that either. The vill- yeah, the villagers just seem to run around in circles. Like, I don't, I don't know what they're doing. You get that Undertaker. Oh, that the Undertaker guy, the one from the Mummy Returns, who like he talks to Van Helsing, and then all of a sudden he just like Van Helsing turns on, and the guy like lifts the shovel to hit him over the head, and he's like, "Oh, sorry, it's just my thing." Like, yeah, <laughs> force like, of habit. It's like, what do you do to your mum? Like, are you dad? You're like, oh hiya, and they turn around, and you're like swinging at, swing a spade at them. Like, well, I don't understand. Like, it's just, it's very silly. The more yeah, what, I think what, about it, the more I'm like, what if you don't have murders? You have to make the freaking bodies. Ah. Oh, well, he starts measuring them for the coffin, doesn't he? Yeah, that's, that's, that's also like a, a very tired comedy trope. You see, like in dozens yeah. of westerns and all of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, it's in like Back to the Future Part 3. It's in it's Rango. In, yeah, I think it's in, I don't know, is it in um, uh, A Million Ways to Die in the West? I'm not sure if it is. It probably is. Oh, I don't know. Well, like maybe. I'm not knows. sure. The, Wouldn't put it past of, the movie. No, no. I can't lie. That was just silly i saw it once and it was all right but um yeah i think i think my verdict overall for the film was like it it's silly and it knows it's silly but mm. uh, maybe it does I, I i i think it does but i i do agree the tone's a little bit all over but i thought for a popcorn film like a fantastic go in enjoy it leave the cinema absolutely great there's a lot of cgi in there admittedly now that that would probably make or break the film for you really yeah, I, I mean it's not like insultingly annoying, like 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 something Roland Emmerich would have put out. But it's... don't be insulting Roland Emmerich. No, I, I haven't I, seen I Moon. I have, no, I'm joking. I haven't seen Moonfall yet. But, uh, <laughs> I think that's I, I think that's an idea, and I hope I've heard it's awful. But I, I, I love stops his career for good. I love 2012 though. I love that film. That's fine. That's it's fine. I mean, so I, stupid and it knows. I like it. one film of his, and that's the Patriot. Oh yeah, all right then. Mel, yeah, yeah, okay. I uh, yeah, it was it was in that run of films where Mel Gibson must have been getting sent scripts, and it was like, are the British the bad guys? Yes, Mel. Yes, they are. Right, I'll do it. 
<laughs> that was there was the Patriot. There was Braveheart. Like it was bad. It's also like can I can I just relentlessly murder British people? Yes. Okay. Yes, you can, Mel. Okay, I'm in. I am in. Yes. Uh, so, oh God, speaking of accent. Oh no, let's not get onto his accent. Um, yeah, I mean, especially his Scottish one. Oh, Jesus, uh, but yeah. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, God, why did I go off on one there about what we're talking about? Sorry, uh, yeah, Roland Emmerich. Yeah, yeah, Roland Emmerich's a little bit. I mean, I love the day after tomorrow as well. I don't. I. I no, I don't really, I, I don't like any of his stuff, except for The Patriot, where it's kind of like, you know, it's, one for one, it, it still looks really good. Like, it's a, it's a really well-shot movie. I think the acting yeah. scenes are good. I think the acting is pretty good. The music yeah. is wonderful. Like, all mm. around, it's very over the top in terms of, like, um, you know, it's uh, it's politics and message and uh, motivation, mm. but still... Jason Isaacs is, is brilliant in it. Yes. I, he's just absolutely... It, but then, but then, yeah, as you say, a lot of the decisions they make and what they show British soldiers doing, it, it's like there's there's no there's no documented evidence of war crimes in America, as as far as I'm aware. I mean, you know, it's anyway. Carry on. Sorry. A Hollywood movie uh, doesn't portray history correctly. I'm shocked. Heaven forbid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um... Yeah, it's it's also like um, a problem I have with Van Helsing. It's loaded with shitty jump scares, and the anticipation of them is always dragged out beyond belief. Uh, to me, <laughs> the first time that um, what's his fit, uh, Doctor Jekyll turns up, yeah, uh, Mister Hyde, that made me jump because I was uh, when it was Notre Dame, I was thinking, oh, is it like the Hunchback of Notre Dame? Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you get this massive like Scottish, and I was like, oh, what the hell? Where did that come from? And he's like, oh, like, I can't do Scottish. I can't, uh, uh, but not, I could do it off the cuff, but not for this. And uh, they're, they're like, he's like, oh, you're, you're, you're a big one. Like, I'll have to make room. And it's like, all oh, right, okay. Like, well, like, what's going on here? Like, and I don't know. It's, it's strange, isn't it? <laughs> I know. It's uh, also like, uh, we haven't really talked about like the key plot, which is, and, and this is how they bring these monsters together. It's because Dracula oh, yeah. helped fund uh, raising the Frankenstein monster because he wants to use the monster as a conductor in order to bring his uh, dead vampire babies to life via yeah. lightning strikes. That's just and, and then he tries it on on werewolves and it doesn't work. He needs the Frankenstein monster. And with the Frankenstein monster, it works. But then the babies die because Dracula dies. Whatever, it's the Phantom Menace logic. Um, but even though in Phantom Menace it made sense, <laughs> but, but uh, it's it's just it, it, I I I I don't quite get the logistics of it. Like to have the. There's the some vampire. very convenient lightning, isn't there? The lightning's very convenient. <laughs> oh yeah, like it's just constant with the lightning, yeah. like all the time. Like I think they they must have burned out like dozens of lamps in <laughs> uh, in this movie because it's just so. Yeah. Uh, also in the prologue, it's just so overly dramatic all the time. Yeah. If and... Marty McFly had have gone to to where Dracula is, he would have been back to 1985 in seconds with the lightning strikes kicking about here. He would have yeah, been there's straight also, back. There's also a cable involved, so there's a uh, and also yeah. Alan Silvestri, so there's several connections. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> this movie is exactly <laughs> like Back to the Future. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, but I, I'm not quite sure how that vampire baby thing works. Like, did the brides give birth to those pots? I d- I d- is it like frogs? Do they do the pots thought, grow yeah. after they it come out? Like and they spawn, start tiny? Didn't it? 
Look yeah. more like spawn to me. Like, you know, because for anybody, it's like a bunch of grapes hanging from the ceiling. And the, there's a scene where it's quite gooey. And then he's like, oh, is this what vampire babies are? And they're like little wing batted things. But then they're kind of, they're not alive because they've come from two dead people. It's a bit macabre when you start to actually think about it. And, yeah, and so, I mean, it's I, fine. I, I, like, like, you can get a macabre film, in a like, movie like this. Oh, you can. But I think this film, I think they probably came up with the idea. It was like, oh, that's a really cool film. A really cool idea, sorry. And then they were like, yeah, but do we really do we really want to probe into this? Like, we're trying to resurrect dead babies? And they're like, no, no, we don't. No, no, this is a funny film, a silly film. We don't want you to think about it that much. That's all I mean for that. I mean, like, uh, to be fair, like like the mummy, it, one of the plot points there is that, that the, the, the mummy goes around and collects, like, certain body parts of the people who unearthed him. Uh, in, in order to grow stronger, you know, and he steals well, like he eyes t- and yeah. tongues and all of that. He so. only steals an eyes and a, eyes and a tongue, and then the rest of it he takes the because he's after the canopic jazz, isn't he? <laughs> uh, with his organs in, that, yeah, that's the yeah. people he targets for, uh, or the people who open the chest. Those are the people he targets. But I, yeah, the whole eyes and tongue bit. Yeah, plus I the, mean, the guy know, screams and he hasn't got his glasses on. It's like, well, how can you see what's coming? <laughs> Surely it would yeah, just look like a very. I know. Like, you know, it, 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 it makes sense. No, it's fine. But here also, when the vampire babies attack the village, it's basically <laughs> just gremlins. I haven't seen gremlins. I've got a lot of catching up to do, Lassie. you got to forgive me. <laughs> um, yeah, it does become a little bit... Um, oh, what's the other one, that film? Um, oh, it's got David Arquette in it from Scream. Um, no, no, what's it called? Eight-Legged Freaks. It's a bit like that, isn't it? Have oh, seen yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, that kind of, you know, that kind of green blood and there's just stuff there's just cgi and green goo exploding here there and everywhere felt a little bit like that didn't it it's like yeah, like, especially in the finale where just like everything is exploding and it's just constant noise and whenever there isn't noise the music is just blaring non-stop it's such a noisy movie yeah and i mean i, I watched it on blu-ray and it sounds great mm, what's it look like in blu-ray i, I, I don't really have blu-ray it's fine, you know. It it looks good. Like I, I don't, I I don't think. Like I, I think that must have been like one of the earlier Blu-ray releases. When it's also packed with extras, like there there, there there's uh, tons of um, making off stuff on the Blu-ray, which is quite nice. We also talk about the music quite a bit, but um, you know, sometimes you know when you upscale, uh, you know, the picture, yeah, it, it can make effects look worse. That's not really the case here. Ah, oh, that's good. Yeah, but but you know, uh, if it didn't look that great to begin with, yeah. well, well, no. I mean, to to be fair, the film, it, I think it's shot well. It's yeah, it's there's some nice shots in there. It's very competently done. It's in Stephen Summer's style, especially the beginning part of it, where Van Helsing's got his carriage and the horses, and they're going across mountains and they're going over this different terrain. It was almost very western esque because it's real locations. I think. Yes, so, yes, it, it has something of a western when he comes into the village for the first time. Oh yeah, and and just like the way they travel there, and it it's nicely done, but then it, it descends, it goes a bit from dusk till dawn, doesn't it? In that yeah, and also it 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 reminds me quite a bit of James Bond because you have basically M and Q in this, and in, in yeah, terms of the, the globe trotting aspect, um, there's 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 a lot of stuff uh, in that in that sense. And uh, this, oh god, um, I was thinking if Ed Wood was alive today and had the same budget, I think he would have made the exact same movie. Possibly, yeah, yeah, 
it, it's just there's so many hallmarks where it's kind of like, hey, you would have done the same thing. Kind of like just 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 going all out and with weird performances and weird decisions and like logistics stuff that makes no sense. Like like the cable in the grappling gun being like miles long. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I thought you sorry. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. The the cables are just ridiculously long. I don't know where they come from. Yeah, it's and um it, also and, and uh, it's, sorry. Yeah. There's, there's a fun fact about the, the lair of Frankenstein's monster. Um, the Gilman from the Creature of the Black Lagoon was supposed to make a cameo there, but it was grabbed before they shot it. Ah, what? So they did they film it, or they took it out, or no, no, they, they didn't film it. It was like it, I think it was like a script idea, and they and they ah. uh, they they didn't take it in consideration when they actually shot it. It was kind of like, no, let's let's scratch this. Because, you know, the movie's overloaded enough already, but it would have even made it more like Monster Squad. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, I don't know, it's, it's, it's strange, isn't it? I mean, you've got the whole, the whole idea that, like, uh, Van Helsing is, like, the Archangel Gabriel, but he doesn't really go anywhere with it. Because he mentions fighting the Romans at Masada, which is like 73 AD, and there's a few different things like that, and you're thinking, okay, like, and on oh, the Dracula says, Oh, you're God's messenger, and oh, that bit, and speaking of the lines, what does he scream when he's killing Van Helsing? And he says something like, We f- like fly in the face of God, and he screams it, like, and you're like, What have you screamed it for? Like, just... Oh, yeah, it's just kind of like, We could have been partners, brothers in arms. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. And it's it's just all like he when he turns into like the giant bat, he looks like the the man bat villain from Batman. Yes, funny. Uh, you mentioned uh, well, we were talking earlier about um, like Anna's death scene uh, <laughs> and how ridiculous it was. This would have made it even more ridiculous. So, according um, to the trivia, one um, when he transformed back into human form, he was meant to be nude because he'd ripped all his clothes off. Yeah, but Stephen Summers was like, "Look, it'd be too distracting and disrupt from the emotion <laughs> of Anna's death." Yeah, okay. Yeah, but uh, would have been the couch. Yeah, you, you you don't want to have two full moons in the frame. Well, they would have done. The nude shot is still used in the film. However, a CGI line cloth was animated to come. Oh, really? That's that. CGI. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, I didn't. I um, didn't. I didn't notice that. Okay, but. Also, like the that, that, that sunlight bomb he uses, isn't that ripped off from Blade Two? Doesn't he have something similar uh, in that? I th- yes, I think he. Oh, is it? Yeah, it, it it definitely rang a bell up there. But now you mention it, I haven't watched Blade Two for a while, for a few years. I said, yeah, it, there's a lot of similarities. It doesn't feel massively original. I do like the fact that what it does, it pushes together. You know, you got Frankenstein, Dracula. The Wolfman, these classic universal, um, which I think is part of the reason they did it in black and white, these classic universal monsters. Yeah. And how Summers just puts them in a film and they don't have like the whole film as a build up of how they all get together. It's like, no, they're just all working together. Accept it. We're moving on. And I like that because I, I think if it was done now, it would be like Frankenstein, Dracula, and the Wolfman all combined in one film. Uh, yet another film from MCU. You know, like a kind of thing. It would be a bit a bit too much it would have um, been an mcu style movie nowadays yeah oh it would have been awful i see i mean for this but and it like, like like i said if universal would revisit this they, they, they would they would make it in a similar way i guess probably a lower budget would be better 
and kind of like make it this globetrotting adventure with Van Helsing and he's battling different monsters and maybe sometimes he teams up with one of them. Like you could you could make him like team up with a Frank Sam monster or whatever. Like, you know, there's there's potential in the idea. And uh it yeah. it's it, I mean also like there's a reason why they made this movie because it is it is a good idea. But I, I just think the execution really suffers. Yeah. I heard when it came out, it got an awful lot of comparisons to the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen for being another film that had a lot of characters, too much CGI, quite loud, yeah. bombastic. Um, but I mean, the, I mean, the budget was what 160, 170 million dollars. Yeah, gross is 300 million worldwide, which isn't bad for the no. time, but it's certainly, I think, below their expectations. Yeah, it's especially not cause, what cause, they wanted. Yeah, because I think the rule. I mean, I think it's probably take the budget and double it for the advertising now but back then i would have guessed it was probably 160 170 million to make it and then about another you know maybe another 80 million to advertise it because like you said it was everywhere this film yeah they also i think they had like comic books they had video games they had like a short film about his hunt for uh mr hyde and um, they also tried to do like a Universal Studios ride or whatever, and that got shut down very quickly. Yeah. Shame. I think there's a lot of, like, especially the ending, because I was watching it, and when it got to the ending, I was genuinely thinking, I wouldn't mind a sequel to this. I've seen a lot worse films get a lot of sequels. Yes. So why couldn't this get one? But, but I think probably, even if it had done particularly well, with the way Hugh Jackman's career went, Purely through through the X Men films, but before the MCU and all that kicks up, I think it would have probably wouldn't have had much room for it anyway. But you never know. I mean, might have gone yeah, that way. exactly. Like like maybe he was like yeah, he was also probably like preoccupied with the X Men stuff, and then there was there were other things he wanted to do, and you know it, it's just like you know it, it's it was kind of like a little bit of a box office disappointment. Kind of like yeah, let, let's scratch this. But nowadays. It could it could work again, and I and I have to say this about the ending. I adore the end credits. Oh yeah, he always had good. He always has good end credits, Stevenson. Yeah, I love well, well designed, well paced, and the music continues to be amazing. Yeah, it's 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 really really cool. Also interesting uh, that the co-editor uh, Bob Dusay, uh, who has worked with Summers before, also produced the flick. But, oh, okay. That's kind of interesting, and he he also co-edited the 2014 Godzilla, for example. So he's still working. Ah, I thought that was a bit, a bit bland. That film. It it's 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 like I um forgettable. I, I caught some of it on TV recently, and I kind of you know I I appreciate it way more on a technical level than I used to. Yeah. But I still I I have like big issues uh, with that film uh, concept wise. But it really the way it's shot, it it's definitely you know, a very, like, ambitiously and carefully shot blockbuster in terms of, like, how many um, coverage they use and how unique that coverage is with very, very interesting camera angles. Like, they keep it they keep it interesting and also off the very ground level for the most part. It, it's really it, it's really interesting. Like, I, I think I, I need to revisit that one and talk about it with someone because it... it, it Definitely something that's that's worth another look, at, at least in a technical sense. Oh, fine. <laughs> no, I think I, I, I would. I, I saw it in cinemas, and everyone was kind of raving about it, saying it was you know the actors it had in it. And I saw it, and I kind of thought it was a little bit forgettable. I it was, 
yeah, I, I don't know. Um, the, the funny thing about the, the that Godzilla film, also like the, the the score is great, but it's so over the top. Like it, it it fires on all cylinders, like from beginning yeah. to end. And I, I read a I read a German review where the um a critic basically said like like the music the, the music gets so overbearing that he expected at a certain point the monsters just stop fighting and turning to the camera. It's all right, man. We we are we got this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's funny you talk about um you talk about music now. I've got to ask you this, and it's not just because you're German. It's because it's one of the most recent films I've watched where the music, I really liked it and thought it fit, but other people were like, it sounds too modern. It's too loud. Did you see the Netflix 2022 um, All Quiet on the Western Front? Have you uh, no, no, yet? I didn't, but, but, I, but right. I heard about it, yeah. Yeah, well, if you get a chance to catch that, um, I'd be interested to see what you think of the music. I, I I've certainly seen like uh, several people who are big into film music talk about that it, they, they felt it was distracting. Yeah, well, I see. I liked it. I think it worked, but I suppose it depends. Yeah, yeah. Well, of it's films, isn't it? Look at look at how many film podcasts there are out there. There's there's far too many. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there wouldn't you know? It's because everybody has such diverse you know, views and such different opinions on things. Like what could be the worst film I've ever seen could be somebody's absolute best film, comfort blanket, you name it. So Exactly. So that's what I, that's what I like about films. But speaking of podcasts, Lassa, would you like to tell um people what podcasts you do, your YouTube? Um might be best since it's probably gonna go out to the majority of English speakers, but then again I, I have Oh yeah. Maybe just no. I, I mean, like say everything, but I know some, some like things you do are purely in German, so it might be worth uh, well not, saying not which really. ones are. Like, like I, 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 I will spare you with my blog because that's in German. But uh, my own podcast is called Fans About Films. You have English episodes there as well. Um, I uh, talk with fans about films on there. Go figure. And I also do um, composer interviews. For example, I had the um, composers of the first uh, season of Netflix's The Witcher on there a few years ago. Huh. And they uh, told a lot of great stuff. I had Matthew Marcheson of uh, Kingsman fame, except several people who are really, really cool, uh, do a lot of cool stuff. And uh, my one of my other podcasts is Track Swap. You can find it on sideshowsoundtheater.com. There uh, I talk with uh, people about film music and we, you know, we, we share tracks, we, we say why we like them. That's, that's a really nice, neat concept. I'm always looking for new guests. So please, um, if you have something you want to talk about, um, be my guest. Um, I co-host It's 90s Christmas podcast with Lyle Perez, currently on a break, but we will be back. We talk about 90s Christmas nostalgia and its media. And I think that's it for the English-speaking uh, stuff. And I also have, like, several guest spots. I I, I was a guest uh, a few times on Matthew Buck's Film Brain podcast, which was a lot of fun. Uh, very, I was on the episodes where we talked about The Lion King and Justice League, respectively. Zack Snyder's Justice League, uh, I should say. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, several other uh, things, like like uh, certain podcast shows and all of that. But I think this is the most important thing. And also on Facebook and Twitter, you can catch me at Lasse Vogt. I always tweet about stuff. Uh, I have opinions, and they are online for all of you to see. And I had great fun talking with you about this absolute schlockfest of a film. <laughs> yeah, it is. I enjoy it. It's, it's, it's a cheese fest, isn't it? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so anybody uh, wants to catch Lasse, it's L-A-S-S-E-V-O-G-T, if you want to put that in. Um, yeah. 
I will put some links. I'm getting better at doing that. I'll put some links in <laughs> when I share this. Uh, but no, it's, um, just remember me to say thank you to Lassa for coming on. Uh, first German, uh, first person from Germany to speak to us. So that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, not in my not in my life. I'm not that sheltered. I haven't just in terms of the podcast. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's I've I've really enjoyed the chat, um, and I I thought it was quite a quite a fun film. I thought it was going to be when I when I went to watch it, especially given how rushed I was today. I was thinking oh, it's over two hours. Like oh god, <laughs> and then and then when I watched it, I was like, oh, I quite enjoyed that. I mean, I did pause it and have a 15 minute nap in the middle, only because I was very tired. Um, <laughs> but uh, but that's not a reflection on the on the film at all. Um, it yeah. was, it was, it was it, all, it's it fun, was, you know. It 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 keeps you entertained, even though it's kind of exhausting and kind of frustrating. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely wanted it to be a bit better than it was. I kind of wanted it to be like The Mummy. You know, I wanted it to be mm-hmm. that good. I don't quite think it is. I don't think it's as good as The Mummy Returns, but you know, it's it's not too bad. Yeah. It, it, it's, you know, if you've never seen it before, give it a go. Some Fair people worse like, things. I mean, we, 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 we spoiled a lot, but you have, to, you have to see some of these scenarios to believe it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I always say, I, I tend to say that. I, I don't know why you'd listen to a podcast if you hadn't seen the film, because you're not going to understand that half of it, but. Uh, sometimes sometimes it works i i listen i listen to a smash pot a lot and uh like when when it's something oh i'm interested in this one and we're talking about stuff i'm not familiar with but we still describe it well enough so that's funny yeah yeah i suppose i suppose you listen to the podcast of the people a lot of the time aren't you so because you can go yeah. sure you could find god i bet plenty of people have done a, a review of this because it, it leans itself fantastically to be ripped to pieces on a podcast i've had uh, countless video reviews of this oh i'll bet i'll bet there is i'll bet this yeah and then there'll be five million tiktoks won't there but uh <laughs> yeah you know how the the, the uh, how the modern lot are doing it but yeah but thanks thank you lasse i've 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 really enjoyed the chat and, me too uh, thank you to everybody for, yeah thank you to everybody for listening yeah uh see you see you soon i hope and i hope i can be on uh in the future uh thank you so much for having me